Good morning, church. Let me echo the words of the worship song. Hallelujah, our God reigns. He reigns indeed. Amen. I pray we've all had a great week. Uh, I believe last week we all had some understanding on the significance of Ascension Day. So how was your Ascension Thursday? I hope it went well. I hope you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Amen. Um, please read Bishop's devotional. I'm so glad that he's even touching on that topic. He started on the Friday, so I think he's going to do a series from, from the progression of what I read. It looks like he will do a series. So I believe you want to understand more on the Ascension. Uh, his resource material will be the best to use. Amen. Well, let's pray and let's get right into it. Before that, let me thank all of you for attending today's service. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor for us to fellowship. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the best gift that you've given to us to lead, orchestrate, direct this service, uh, direct my thoughts, uh, direct the words that will come out of my mouth. Uh, let it have impact. Let, let it let it have transformation. Uh, thank you for you being in charge and you being the master teacher of this session. Uh, we thank you for what we will hear today, that it will be life and it will be spirit unto us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, please turn with me to John chapter 16, verse 7 to 15. John chapter 16, verse 7 to 15. This will be our third week on this passage. It pays tribute to the treasure of riches in God's word. Is that not amazing? Uh, the word of God is like a mine. You know, for you to get the best of a mine, you have to be able to rig deeper. Depending on your machines and whatever you have, you should be able to rig deeper. Uh, when, when likewise, when I compare it, uh, you have to sometimes take your time when you are reading the Bible. Uh, you you have to read it prayerfully. You have to read it meditatively, and when you do that, it is just like rigging deep into the mind. Personally, whenever I do that, I really get more revelation. And I dig deep into the treasure of God's word. So personally, I don't like to rush reading the Bible. I'm a very slow Bible reader. When it comes to books, I'm a very fast reader. But when it comes to the Bible, I'm very slow. Because I, I really believe that when you take your time to prayerfully and meditatively read the Bible and, and just let it sit. Sometimes just let the word sit. Don't just be in a hurry to finish it. Just let it sit. And God will speak to you. Amen. I want to believe that over the past three weeks, God has spoken to us a lot uh, concerning this particular passage of scripture that we are reading today. Amen. So let's read John chapter 16, verse 7 to 15. And I read, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. So, mind you, what Christ is saying is the truth. It's not a guessing. 
It's not lies. It's not deception. It's the truth. It is to our advantage that he goes away. It's to our advantage. I think we talked about this last week at our Bible study on the ascension of Christ. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. Eight. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I have still many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take off what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take off mine and declare it to you. Amen. So as we all know, for the past three weeks, we have been looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Last two weeks, we looked at the convicting ministry. Amen. And there are three fields the Holy Spirit convicts. We just read it. He convicts the world because they do not believe. Or he convicts the world of unbelief. Number two, he convicts believers of righteousness because Christ is not there. You know, when I read that, I kind of get the picture of the big brother who is not there and the bully feels he has an advantage. You know, the, the devil thought that he had an advantage because Jesus is the big brother and once he leaves, he feels like, oh, these disciples, I can bully them and slap them left, right, and center, take their lunchbox and pop their lunch back. I think he was thinking like that. But Jesus says that, look, I'm sending the Holy Spirit who will convict you of righteousness in my absence. And righteousness is such a powerful force. I recommend that you listen to Pastor Jessica's message. She did a message on righteousness about a month or two ago. Amen. You'll be blessed. So he, he then the third thought is that he convicts the devil of judgments. I love that. The ruler of this world is judged. I bet you this morning, the devil had another dose of conviction. You are judged. Can you imagine living like that the rest of your life? till so the end of this, every day the Holy Spirit is convicting, exposing, bringing to light. And we explain the meaning of the word convict, to bring to light, to expose. It's always like, look, you are, you are judged. You, you, are, you, are, you are going to the lake of fire. Death and hell will be cast there. And you will be cast there. You, you, you are judged. You know, can you imagine? Every day. It's a drum roll. It's a drum roll. Until the end of this age, the devil is always going to be reminded. That's why, like I said two weeks ago, the most powerful weapon of the devil is ignorance. He uses it against the world. He has blinded the minds of many so that they will be impervious to the glorious gospel. And then when it comes to believers too, Apostle Paul said it, 
We are not ignorant concerning the devil's, devil's devices. At least he takes advantage of us. So the devil likes to play the card of ignorance on both fields, either the world or believers. That's why when you're a believer, you have to painstakingly make time to really read the Bible. Read the Bible. I wear this uh, lamp to my path. A light onto my feet. When you read this, you'll be enlightened. Your mind will be enlightened and you begin to see certain truths and it will change the trajectory of your walk. Your walk in, in every area, not just your Christian walk with God, but your walk in every area. Amen. So the devil is judged. Amen. Believe that. Say that to yourself at all times. Last week, we looked at another area of the Holy Spirit's ministry. We has to do with guiding. And we scripturally concluded that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. It led me to talk about five things when we talk about all truth. Five things that make up all truth. Amen. And he guides by the word of God. That's his navigator. He guides by the word of God. All right. So the Holy Spirit is not going to do anything outside the word of God. There are too many people who have become very weird and they say they are Christians. I, I even see people saying that, oh, I don't read the word, but I'm a spiritual being. How can you be spiritual without reading the word? That does not really make sense to me. Amen. And, and if you claim that the spirit is saying, anything the spirit says, it has to be backed by the word. Amen. Which lets us now to talk about how will he guide? So we looked at five things that constitute all truth. Then we looked at by what will he guide us? He will guide us by the word of God. And then how will he guide us? We looked at three things from the latter part of verse 13. One of them is he will not speak on his own authority. He will speak back by the authority of God. So he's not going to say anything that is divorced from the word of God or divorced from God the Father and God the Son. Whatever God the Father is saying, that's what God the Son is saying. And the Holy Spirit is there. Let me even use the word to echo that. Amen. So he shall not speak on his own authority. That's one of the house. Amen. So now let's move on to today. The third and final ministry of the Holy Spirit is glorifying. So for the past three weeks, when we read this scripture, I've always told you to highlight or mark three important words. The first word is convict, verse 8. The second word is guide, verse 13. And the third word is glorify, verse 14. All these words are very important and key to understanding the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So for emphasis... Let's read verses 14 and 15 again. He will glorify me, for he will take off what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take off mine and declare it to you. Amen. You know, sometimes we can easily assume an understanding of a particular word in the Bible. Uh, especially if it is used within church circles or even if it's a common word. 
And sometimes such assumption can lead us to error. And one of the words is glorify. Okay? Because when Christians say glorify, I believe one of the popular expressions when it comes to glorify is to worship. So you could easily conclude or assume or that the Holy Spirit glorifies, that means the Holy Spirit is worshiping Christ. But that's not what this scripture particularly is telling us. That's not quite the meaning, especially when it's used in relation to the Holy Spirit. When we are talking about worship, it's only humans, we, who are created in the image of God, who have to worship God. And then angels. Angels also worship God, period. Not the Holy Spirit. So when you see the word glorify here, it's not in relation to worship per se. Amen. Now, look at me with these verses in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4. I want to show you something there. The Holy Spirit doesn't worship because he is God. Amen. But Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart? You know, if you have read the stories about Ananias and Sapphira, a couple that decided to sell their land and bring the proceeds to the church. Uh, it was this, but they just decided to lie. And, you know, they, 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 both of them were, both of them got dead. They died. And they had to be buried. So now... We are reading Ananias. Peter is going to ask Ananias some questions. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Please note that verse 3. And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, verse 4. But to God. Do you see that? So you see the word play between the Holy Spirit in verse 3 and God in verse 4. So the Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the Godhead. That's, that's all that I'm trying to say. So he can't worship himself. So when the Bible says glorify, let's try and understand and unpack this meaning. The word glorify here means to make one round or illustrious. Amen. And it also means to cause the wealth and dignity of someone. So from these definitions, the Holy Spirit is there to make Christ renowned. Now we say someone is of a renowned stature, a renowned public figure. I believe we all know somebody who is prominent. So the Holy Spirit has come to make Christ prominent in the lives of believers. That that is how he glorifies Christ, by making Christ prominent in the lives of believers. And then he causes Christ to be acknowledged. And how does he cause Christ to be acknowledged? By making his worth and dignity known. So that's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us to glorify Christ is to make Christ known to us. So the best way by which you will know Christ is by the Holy Spirit. 
outside the Holy Spirit, if you just pick this Bible, it will be difficult to know Christ. You will just read letters, history, and what have you, and poems. That's all that this will be reduced to. But if you will want to know Christ, the Holy Spirit, who is the author of this book called the Bible, is going to take you on a journey to help you to know Christ. That's his job. His job to believers is to help us to know Christ. That is what it means by the Holy Spirit is glorifying Christ. He is glorifying Christ by making Christ renowned. He is glorifying Christ by making Christ feel acknowledged in our lives. In every area and in every aspect, he makes sure that Christ becomes the central key and the central focus by making his weapon dignity known. It can be so amazing that people would like to use the name Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, but what you are saying, what you are preaching, what you are doing, it's not Christ-centered. How can that be the Holy Spirit? But we just read it right here. The Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Christ. And how does he glorify God? By making Christ known. So if you claim you are led by the Holy Spirit, if you claim you are moved by the Holy Spirit, if you claim you walk in the Spirit, you should know Christ. You should know Christ. You should know Christ, and Christ should be acknowledged in your life. That's what it means by you are walking by the Spirit. Because if you are walking by the Spirit and Christ is not acknowledged, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. If Christ is not acknowledged, it's questionable. Because that is the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. Now, before we talk about the Holy Spirit glorifying Christ, notice verse 15 of what Christ said. All things that the Father has are mine. This speaks to us of the oneness of the Godhead. And it also speaks to us of Christ the Son and God the Father are one. Hence that popular scripture, John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. So what God says like I said, it's what Christ is saying. Because what Christ says, that that he says, what is mine is the Father's. And what is the Father's is Christ. It talks of the oneness. It talks of um, their essence and their coexistence as the Godhead. Do you understand? So from these verses, we can safely say that the Holy Spirit is not unto self. It's not into self. What the Holy Spirit doesn't promote me, myself, and I. The Holy Spirit's job is to make sure that we know Christ. It's to make Christ known. It's to make that crisis around. It, it, when we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, the encounter should be like we, we will acknowledge Christ. He is the best school teacher on Christ. Let me even use that if I want to say. If, if you want to go to school on knowing Christ, or even some branches will say Christology, he is the best school teacher that will teach you about Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not a Bible commentary. It's not Bible aid. And it's good to have Every Bible age. I believe in investing in every Bible age, reading every, you know, anything that will enhance me to be able to understand the Bible. I will do that. But 
outside the Holy Spirit. You are just reading letters, poems, biographies, and it will not help you to know the Holy Spirit. Isn't it not amazing that Jesus once said something that to the Pharisees, who read the law? They read the Bible. These were readers of the Bible. He said, you guys think that by reading this scripture, you will have eternal life, but you don't know that these scriptures are they which testify of me. You see, these were Bible readers, but they had missed the tree for the forest because they hadn't learned or understand the vital necessity of the Holy Spirit's ministry in helping them to understand and appreciate who Christ is. It's very difficult. So that's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. The Holy Spirit has come to put Christ as the preeminence. This help us to come to understand Christ. Amen. So now, how does the Spirit glorify Christ? Now that we know that. Look at me with John chapter 15, verse 26. John 15, 26. John 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He will testify of me. So that's how the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ. He testifies. And who does he testify to? Believers. Not to a jury. Not to a court of law. Believers. He testifies to believers. And what is he testifying about? We are going to find out in the, the few um, minutes. To testify means you have to be a witness first. You, you don't just give an abstract testimony. It doesn't work that way. You don't testify when you don't know the facts or you are lost in the facts. You, you can't give testimony. It's not, it's not credence. In the course of law, false witness or false testimony is known as perjury and it's, it's punishable, right? You know, every state has different sentences for perjury. I don't know. I, I know Texas is here. I don't know how many years is Texas. But New York, I know, is seven years, right? But what I'm saying is that you can't, you can't give testimony of something that you are abstract of. You can't give testimony of something you don't know the facts or you are lost in the facts. What you have to give testimony is because you are a witness, Testimony is like I'm giving evidence. And who better to give evidence, to give testimony of the existence of Christ, of the divinity of Christ, of who Christ is, of the significance of the death of Christ, than the Holy Spirit who has been there since the foundation of the earth. This is the one who is going to give testimony on who Christ is to us. And he's also part of the Godhead. They are co-existent, co-eternal persons of the Godhead. And one of the co-existent, co-eternal persons of the Godhead is going to give a testimony of 
one of one of the people. It's it's credential. It has it has it has credence. It has credence. So it's not someone abstract that is talking to us about Christ, but it's the Holy Spirit who has been there since the foundation of the earth. He's the best person to talk to us about the Holy Spirit. Not a man of God. I, I, I am not the best person to talk to you about Christ. I can try by my association with the Holy Spirit and by the limited information I may get as a result of partnering with the Holy Spirit. But the best person that can school you, that can teach you on the ways of Christ, that can make sure that you understand the worth and the dignity of Christ is the Holy Spirit. Hence, we need to fellowship with the Holy Spirit because if we don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we will miss that part, that glorifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. We will miss it. The Holy Spirit's ministry is not just to convict, it's not just to guide, but it's also to glorify Christ. And how does he glorify Christ? He glorifies Christ by making Christ known, by making sure that Christ becomes the preeminence factor. He becomes the preeminence by him and through him all things exist. That is what the Holy Spirit is here for. He's here to teach us that. He's here to make sure that by the time we've left our earthly shell and gone back to our father, or we meet the end of the age, either or, we should have come to a place where we can say that we truly have had an experience, an encounter with Christ through the Holy Spirit. And the end result of the Holy Spirit glorifying Christ is for us to have an encounter. Because it's only when we have an encounter that the trajectory of our Christian work will change. Amen. So from, from, from what we have understood that the Holy Spirit testifies, I just want to talk about three things and then I'll be out of the way. So from this scripture, we have realized that the Holy Spirit brings glory to Christ by testifying. So what is he testifying about? What is his active testimony now in the lives of believers? We could talk about many, but I believe by inspiration. Let's just look at these three. He, he testifies actively to us today about the person of Christ. If you want to know Christ, the best person is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He will teach you about the person of Christ. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He recognizes him as a teacher. He teaches us about the person of Christ. When it comes to us knowing who Christ is, the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. He will teach us about the person of Christ. He gives evidence. He's, he's given evidence. He gives evidence to the divinity of Christ because he was there since the foundation of the earth. He gives evidence to Christ dying. He was there. He was among the cloud of witnesses. He was there. He gives evidence to Christ ascending. He was there. He was part and present. He gives evidence to Christ being the soon coming king, because he's in the know. Because the Bible says that God knows the 
end from the beginning. And likewise is the Holy Spirit. He also knows the end from the beginning. So he is there to give us witness on every aspect of Christ. He gives evidence to the significance of Christ's death because he was there. He was part of the Godhead. He's in the know. The Holy Spirit knows every facet, every detail. He is there to give evidence to the teaching of Christ. Everything that Christ taught whilst he was on this earth. He is here to give evidence. Why? Because Christ spoke by him. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So he is actively testifying about the person of Christ. If you want to know Christ, it's the Holy Spirit that will help you to know Christ. Many times, our, our knowledge of Christ is a faulty one because we are looking at a third account, not a first-hand account. And sometimes when I'm talking about a third account or a third-hand account, I'm talking about maybe you are looking at a human being and maybe he might not even contact the Holy Spirit he might also read a book and maybe the book is faulty. And maybe you also don't know where the author also got that inspiration from. And where the author got that inspiration from, whoever inspired that author, that person who, who also inspired, you don't know. So sometimes our, our knowledge of Christ can be faulty. Today, I want you to shift your dependence from man of God from men of clay and rely on the Holy Spirit who has come to foster fellowship with you. Thank God for pastors. We don't discount the place of pastors. We don't demean the place of pastors, but we have to also come to a place where we prioritize the essence and the agency of the Holy Spirit. Because if we will want to understand anything Christ, it is the Holy Spirit. He's testifying actively to us about the person of Christ. And if you tell me you know the Holy Spirit, if you tell me you are walking in the Spirit, if you tell me you are filled with the Spirit, my next question is, how much do you know Christ? If you are fumbling, it means you don't really know the Holy Spirit. It means you are not really fostering a fellowship of Holy Spirit. Because it's not a buzzword. It's not a buzzword. Amen. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is he brings glory to Christ by testifying about the precepts of Christ, which is his word. His word. The Holy Spirit gives evidence let me use this big Bible school words. The infallibility and the inerrancy of scripture. That means he comes to give evidence that the scriptures are free of error. That's all that it means. Infallible means free of error. Inerrancy means free of error, free of doctrine. You know, we, 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 we live in a day whereby... Um, videos can be doctored. It can, it can make you say what you didn't say. They can splice, you know, um, captions from here, and then they can put it together. And then by the time you realize, 
something else has been said that you didn't say. The, 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 the Bible is free from doctrine to doctor a document. The Bible is free from that. The Bible is free from error. And it's the Holy Spirit that will convict that to you. There are many people who are confused about the validity of the Bible. And I can understand your confusion. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because part of his glorifying ministry is to give evidence to this. Manual. This life manual, which the Bible has explicitly said he's the author of the scriptures. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The more you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the more you will build your anchor, your trust on this book called the Bible. If you want to know the validity of the Bible, if you want to know that the Bible is authentic, you will need to subscribe to the glorified ministry of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've subscribed to the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've subscribed to the guiding ministry of the Holy Spirit. But today, subscribe to the glorified ministry of the Holy Spirit. He glorifies Christ. And the way he glorifies Christ is to give evidence or to testify about the precepts of Christ that the Bible is true and sure. That the word indeed is a lamp to my path, a light unto my feet. The Holy Spirit is the one that can actively give you that evidence. Amen. Because he's the author of this book. He's the author. Amen. And Jesus says that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. The Holy Spirit is the one that will give you evidence that in the beginning was this word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This word is Christ personified. The Holy Spirit will give evidence to that. He testifies. He testifies. He testifies because he is, he is not testifying as an abstract witness. He is testifying because he's an active witness. He's been there since the foundation of the world, and he's been actively involved in the canonizing of these called the scriptures. The Holy Spirit will testify of that. The Holy Spirit will testify of the life-giving power this word can give to you. The Holy Spirit will testify of how this word can make you pure. David once said something in Psalm 119 verse 9. How can a young man make himself pure? How can he stay pure? And David answered the question by taking heed according to the word of God. And what do you think made David say that? David was able to say that because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you evidence that this word is food for you. This word, it is the milk of the word. It is the solid food of the word. The Holy Spirit will give evidence to that. The Holy Spirit will give evidence that if you don't read this Bible, you will not be able to make it. Your whole life should be built, founded, on this sure, solid rock of God's work, the Holy Spirit is there to give evidence. And the Holy Spirit is there to teach you anything that you suffer, all the complexities, the difficulties that you have on this word of God. 
rely on the glorifying ministry of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Because one of the ways the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ is to open up the Bible, any parts that you are struggling, and give you revelation. It glorifies Christ. He is there to testify about the precepts of Christ. So he testifies about the person of Christ. He testifies about the precepts of Christ. Let's look at the third and final one. The Holy Spirit lastly brings glory to Christ by testifying about the practices of Christ. The practices. Now, when I'm talking about the practices, I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm, I'm talking about things that we do in deed and in word that distinctly marks us out as new creation. That marks us out as Christians. That marks us out that indeed we are of the kingdom of God stock. And that's why we are doing the kingdom of God. Everything we are doing about the kingdom of God has to talk about culture. It has to talk about a way of life, practices. Every culture is defined by its peculiar practices. Americans like beggars. British people like to drink tea. Ghanaians like fufu in the morning. Ashanti, I'm sorry, like fufu in the morning. <laughs> Amen. Hey, but practices, we all have practices. We all have practices. And our peculiar practices is what defines us. Now, what defines us and marks us out as Christians is the fruit of the Spirit. And it's godliness, it's character. So when you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I like verse 23. Against such, there is no law. The Holy Spirit has come to give evidence. He promotes godly character as a sign of fellowship and maturing in the faith. It's so funny that people will say, oh, I walk in the spirit, I walk in the spirit, but they don't have no love. Do you have love? You can't even forgive. And I like how spiritual people, we like to use certain scriptures to justify our, why I'm not talking to you. Yeah. We like to use certain scriptures and numbers. Yeah. <laughs> cast them away otherwise they'll become like irritants in your eyes and thorns in your whatever <laughs> and, we, and the Lord is saying that forgive look at your scripture you know we, we always want to feel like we can pull a fast one on God you're not you're not you're not, you're not spiritual because the Holy Spirit one of the things he will be actively evidencing and witnessing in your life are the practices of Christ, which has to do with character. Talking about love here, joy. Whenever you are depressed, the Holy Spirit will witness joy to you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Peace, long-suffering. Whenever you are at your wit's end and you feel like giving up, this Christian faith, you will have struggles. This Christian faith, you will have tests. This Christian faith, you will have battles, but... Do not be afraid. Be of good cheer. For we have overcome the world through Christ. You will overcome all. You will overcome all. 
Don't be afraid. But sometimes when we are at our wits end, the Holy Spirit witnesses long-suffering to us. And what does long-suffering do? Long-suffering helps us to go from point A to B without fainting so that we can win. The Holy Spirit is there to witness that. The Holy Spirit is there to witness self-control. You have one wife. Be happy with one wife. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Self-control. He will witness self-control to you. So the Holy Spirit witnesses godly character to us. So from today, we've looked at three things that the Holy Spirit is actively witnessing and it brings glory to Christ. He is witnessing the person of Christ. He is witnessing the precepts of Christ. He is witnessing the practices of Christ. I, I rarely use alliteration in my points. Alliteration means to use PPP or one letter. Today, I just decided to do that. I don't like alliteration because it's hard work for my brains. Amen. But I, I feel like if I do that, we will understand. So the Holy, the Holy Spirit brings glory to Christ by witnessing to us the person of Christ, by witnessing to us the precepts of Christ, by witnessing to us the practices of Christ. Amen. So as we can see from today's message and our three-week expose on the Holy Spirit, it's scripturally accurate to say the Holy Spirit is a divine being. He has the same attributes of the Godhead and is the third person of the Trinity. You know, for, for the past week and a half, when I've been meditating on this message, I feel very impressed that hmm, one day, midweek Bible study, we should do the Trinity. We should, we should try and cover the Trinity and, and gain some understanding on it. I feel like, because the Trinity is one of the things that really grounds our Christian faith if we are able to understand it well. Amen. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure, but it's something that I've been thinking over and over again, especially since I've been meditating a lot on, on this. The Holy Spirit is more than oil. Try to remember that. Most charismatic Christians, we've reduced the Holy Spirit to oil. He's more than oil. He's active. He's a lively being who desires to stay in touch with us to make our Christian work with God expedience. Let me close by reading verse 7 of our chapter again, this time in a different translation, Amplified. So John chapter 16, verse 7, just give me your ears. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who is also known as the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. Thank God for ascension. Because of the ascension, we experience the descension of the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. I read this so that we can desire out of this message. If there's anything at all you have heard over this three-week span, your take-home should be, Lord, I want to develop a close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That our experience is convicting ministry, our experience is guiding ministry, our experience is glorifying ministry. And the Holy Spirit, like Jesus said, 
is to our advantage. The Holy Spirit is not against us. The Holy Spirit is not to our disadvantage. The Holy Spirit is to our advantage. Let's make this our heart desire. The Bible says, if we hear the word and if we don't become doers of it, it doesn't profit us. One of the ways by which this word will profit us is that let's make a concerted effort to be in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that we can experience his whole ministry, his intercessory ministry, his comforting ministry, his advocacy ministry, his counseling ministry, his strengthening ministry, and his ministry of standby. The Holy Spirit is to our advantage, but we will not be able to experience this advantage if we are not in close fellowship with him. Let's pray. Father, give us a desire, a strong desire, a burning desire to be in close fellowship with your Spirit. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit, who is the best gift to the church. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit who convicts us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to us who will guide us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to us who will glorify you by making you known to us. Thank you, Lord. From this day forward, we desire to be in close fellowship with you. Speak to us that we will know that of the truth. You are real. You are lively. You are divine. We repent, O oh Lord, for reducing you to a chill bump, reducing your spirit to oil. We have learned from the scriptures these past three weeks that you are a divine being. You possess the attributes of God. We repent and we esteem you highly in your rightful place. In Jesus' name, amen. Over to you, Pastor Jessica.